All right, welcome to the Sports Mashup, number 85, November 16th, 2022. As the weather begins to get super cold where we're at in uh, the Midwest. Looks like it might warm up though a little bit after that, but you're not here for a weather report. So the NBA is where we begin, and uh, 76ers James Harden was expected to miss a month. I'm sure it'll be a month total, but obviously when this news broke, it was – a little bit ago, so uh, a right foot tendon strain. So a few weeks probably left for him to be out. Sixers uh, not off to the greatest of starts. I feel like you could say that about a lot of the Eastern Conference teams that had expectations, other than the Celtics and Bucks, who have been really good. Uh, the Hawks and Cavs have been solid. Wizards a bit of a surprise, but the Sixers at seven and seven, the Bulls at six and eight, the Heat at seven and seven, the Nets at six and nine. Kind of a trend in the East. No, but did you see that clip of Game Seven, Jimmy Butler there day, playing locking him down? Didn't see it. Did not mm. see it. And then you had the Hornets, Cody Martin out four weeks after arthroscopic knee skirt surgery. Uh, you had the Nets name Jock Vaughn as their new head coach. And lastly, in the NBA, you had Jason Tatum reached eight thousand career points. At 24 years old, 253 days old, he's the youngest Celtics player to reach 8,000 points. He also joined uh, Kevin McHale, 86-87 team, as the only Boston player to score at least 20 points in each of the team's first 12 games of the season. Well, good start for him. Like I said, they're uh, them and the Bucks right there, top of the Eastern Conference. So not, not really a surprise. How does Kevin McHale have that record? Where's Larry Bird in that? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe something just sometimes things happen like that. No rhyme or reason. Uh, All right, the NFL. Uh, Texans claiming Arizona Cardinals running back, who was the surprise cut, Eno Benjamin, uh, was starting when Connor was hurt, I believe, and uh, they cut him loose. And they also claimed Packers wide receiver Amari Rogers off waivers. And as the resident Packers fan of this podcast, my thoughts being that I don't think the Packers should have cut Amari Rogers, but I think they did it in the best interest of him getting a fresh start because he was terrible at punt returning, really bad. He should have been taken off punt returns a month ago and obviously pretty much cost him uh, – seven points in the fourth or in the third quarter of the game this week. Luckily they came back, but uh, he was good in the offense. So hopefully the Texans can actually use him in their offense. And uh, I think he's still got a lot of potential. Uh, See you Thursday night football in the Panthers beat the Falcons 25, 15 Panthers literally ran the Falcons off the field, 47 attempts for 232 yards. Well, when you don't have, a high-level quarterback, you got to rely on being able to run the football, and they did that. And uh, I would say that Marcus Mariota made a fool of himself in this game. He was really bad. Yeah, I thought this was going to be lopsided when the other way. Yeah, and that's just kind of the way the NFL has been this year. I mean, there was a lot of results this week that were a bit surprising in terms of margins, in terms of how the games ended, how the games were played. Uh, but, yeah, Mariota was bad, and they've been questioning a lot. Arthur Smith about his quarterback situation. He says there's no situation, but at some point, if they keep losing, I think Desmond Ritter, you got to give him a look because you can't just treat Mariota like he's your, like he's a $200 million quarterback. He's just not that. So he was really bad, though, no doubt. Uh, in Germany, 
great crowd in Germany from everything that I saw. Really oh, good Really good stuff. Uh, the Bucks beat the Seahawks 21-16. The Bucks win their second straight after Brady throws for 258 and a, two touchdowns. Rashad White with 105 rushing yards. I, I'll say Geno Smith made some pretty gutsy throws down the stretch, but uh, the Bucks well, so, were able to hold on. So did Leonard Fournette. <laughs> true. That's true. But, uh, I mean, hey, the Bucks win again. I What are they? Are they 5-5? Five and five? Mm, Yeah. No. Yeah, I think they're yeah, I think they were three and five and they beat uh the Rams and the and I totally blew it. It wasn't Rocky Top that they sang. It was Take Me Home. Yeah. I don't I I don't remember anything that happened on Sunday except for the Packer game, so that's kind of where I'm at. But uh hey, the Bucks uh an ugly five and five, but they're probably still gonna win their division. So there you uh, go. Yeah, the Vikings uh, beat the Bills in overtime thirty three to thirty. Um, so far, this is dawned as the game of the year. Was it, though, or is it? I don't know what other contenders there really are. Uh, I'd have to look to even formulate. You can't dawn from the that. game of the year when it's not over. Through, if they would have said, like, game of – through week 10? Maybe. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean – the Vikings, let's be honest about the Vikings. I mean, I get that they're eight and one, but it's like this is just like a normal Viking season, except the luck or the you know other parts of the game are happen to go their way now. Like yeah, random turnovers, like last season and almost every there's always that year where the Vikings do this. It was the same way in 2018 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The Vikings had a big year that year, obviously the Minneapolis miracle. But this season for the Vikings, they're obviously more talented, better team than they were last year. But last year, they were in tons of close games. This year, it's the same thing. They're just happening to being able to finish or win those games. Yeah, this year, they have the ball last. Other than last year, it was relying on their defense and their defense giving up games. And, you know, you look at the Bills side of things, I mean, Josh Allen's been really, really, really bad since well, that, the second up. half. Yeah. Well, the second half against Green Bay, he was bad. Carries over to the Jets game. He was bad. He got hurt in the Jets game. Plays with an injury in this game. Got and, hurt at one point. Yep. Got hurt. Well, he threw a terrible pick in the end zone. Um, and then a terrible pick in the end zone again in overtime to end it. But I still think the Chiefs and the Eagles, I would even say the Bills by January, are better than the Vikings. And that's not me being a Packer fan, being a hater. The Vikings are a good team. Zero doubt about that. But they're not 8-1 and one good. And I think anybody who isn't a blind Vikings fan or, you know, painfully biased would agree that they're not eight and one good. They're like six and three good. Adding Hawkinson in definitely helped. Yeah, and Zadarius Smith has been great uh, for them. Obviously, stings a little bit that he was a Packer, but then again, the Packers' pass rush wasn't that big of an issue until Rashawn Gary got hurt. Uh, but you know, enough about the Packers. Let's go to another NFC North game. The Lions, 31-30 thriller over the Bears. Justin Fields, who is a running back, and you can't convince me otherwise, there's a late pick six. I just love how mad Bears fans get when people call him a running back. The Lions win another game, though. And, uh, yeah, the Lions are probably saving Dan Campbell's job, and I would say that Dan Campbell's the worst coach in football when it comes to football. And people don't want to say that because of the personality, but when you talk about X's and O's and calls that he makes, it's he's really bad at the job. I mean, let's just be honest. But the Lions are what three and six, three and seven, or whatever. So, what can you say? They they score points. 
Uh, the only game they've won this season without scoring points was the stupid Packer game last week, which I somehow find a way to reference the Packers in every single game, but that's relevant. You know, they beat the you know, Packers and Bears back-to-back weeks. But, uh, you know, I think Justin Fields is the guy in Chicago. I think when they put more around him, he'll be even better. But the most effective way for him to play right now is to run. And I think teams are going to figure that out eventually or be figure out how to play him eventually. They don't know right now, but – they're scoring points, so it's a little different. Their defense is terrible, though. Yeah, and then you have the Chiefs beat the Jags, twenty-seven seventeen. Uh, this game kind of, this game went like everyone expected. Chiefs just to win, coast. Uh, yeah, they, felt, did lose, they did lose Juju. Yeah, it felt like it was going to be a much bigger blowout early. Uh, the Chiefs were, you know, running up and down the field. Uh, they did have a couple issues or turnovers that. Didn't go their way, but yeah, I mean, nobody's surprised the Chiefs were able to handle business here. And Andy Reid did what Andy does, and he takes a running back totally out of the offense for a week. Clyde Edwards Alaire doesn't even get an offensive snap. Yeah, that's pretty much why the Chiefs are never going to be like Andy Reid teams never really have a true like number one, like LaShawn McCoy, I guess, back in the day for Philly. Was Jamal Charles when he first was yeah, there? Yeah, I think he was. he. Was Jamal Charles still there? I guess Andy Reid's been in Kansas City a lot longer than you think, so that's probably he probably was still there. Um, the Dolphins beat the Browns thirty nine seventeen. The Dolphins, in my opinion, have the best offense in football, and I think uh, Tua should be compensated by winning the MVP. He's got he's the highest. The he's the highest. Has like the highest QBR completion rating in the. And NFL. you talk about valuable. They're undefeated when he plays. So seems pretty valuable to me. Uh, yeah, his completion percentage is like college-type stuff in some of these games. Uh, 71% of the season, he's got 18 touchdowns, three picks, 118.4 rating. I mean, speed kills, right? Uh, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle have just been incredible for them. So, And adding Jeff Wilson to that offense. Yeah, the Dolphins have lacked a running game for a while. So this season they they don't go for the flashy one. They bring in Wilson at the deadline. They have Mostert. Uh, so yeah, it's not it's not too surprising that they've been this good. But it's been like no real hiccups when two is playing. So they've been dominant. Oh yeah, the Giants beat the Texans twenty four fourteen. Giants back to winning, but need help in the wide receiver department. Yep, they pretty much refuse to use Kenny Galladay, and I think that's more on Kenny Galladay than the Giants, if we're being fair. But uh, they they have a certain way of winning, and I think when teams can shut that way down, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah, I mean, it helped they play the Texans last week, but who knows? And they should have the Odell suspected how he's supposed to be limited his teams down to such such, and the Giants are back to one of them, so... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, they the Giants play the Lions this week, so probably another win there. You just keep racking them up. I wouldn't think the Lions could win three games in a row, but you never know. Uh, the Steelers beat the Saints twenty to ten. This was a boring game. Unsurprisingly, a defensive battle. The Saints are terrible, though. But they did say they're sticking with Andy Dalton, which I mean, I wouldn't blame this game on him, but you're not going to win with them. And there's no real incentive in the first round of the draft for them to lose because the Eagles have their pick, but yeah, they're bad. Yeah. And what's killing me is having Kamara as my fantasy running back. They have been using, they one week they'll use them really heavy. Like last week, 
this past week, they barely use him. Yeah, so one week he'll have like eight touchdowns, and then the next week he won't. Well, no, last week was his first score of the year. Yeah, and he had a lot. And then this week he has like 13 touches. Not great. Uh, the Titans beat the Broncos 17-10. Bad love, two bad teams. One just has a bigger workhorse. That's true. Uh, yeah, the Broncos are terrible. Um, I mean, the only thing that keeps them in the game is the defense. And even yeah. without them lose, or even with them losing Bradley Chubb, they are still keeping the offense in the game. And it's like they don't even have a new quarterback. I mean, this is exactly how the Broncos have run since Manning was gone. They've never really had that franchise quarterback after him. And it's no different even when they trade all that stuff for Russell Wilson, they pay him. They're still just as bad. Portland Sutton did make an unbelievable catch in that game, though. I don't think I saw it, but I'll take it. He either was sliding sideways or he dove back towards Wilson. And while horizontal on the ground, he pulled his hands up and caught it right in front of his face. Sounds good. Um, Colts beat the Raiders 25-20. Jeff Saturday. 1-0 to start his coaching career. I mean, I feel like everybody should have seen this coming. With everybody talking the way they did about him all week, and you got a terrible Raiders team, I felt like we should have seen this coming. Yeah, no Renfro, no Waller. They're both placed on IR. Yeah. but And then so people were saying every week, whoever's playing the, or the uh, Raiders are going to pull a, a high school football coach with no really coaching experience to come and coach against them. This week yeah. I saw that uh, whoever the Raiders were playing, they were signing Coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights to come and coach. <laughs> there you go. That'll probably work. Yeah, McDaniels has been really bad there. And I said that when we talked about coaches who needed fight earlier, I said he might be on the hot seat. Yeah, I, I don't think that he'll get fired, but I definitely think he should. I mean – Clearly, there's something wrong there, and you gave him a try have... early. It didn't work. You brought him back over who the team really wanted. Yep, not good. Uh, Cardinals beat the Rams 27-17. Battle of the backup quarterbacks. Difference is the Cardinals have a guy who's actually started in the NFL as their backup over the Rams. What is it, Jack Wolford? Yeah, John Wolford yeah. uh, versus Quote McCoy. This is like two years of the Cardinals being a better team with Colt McCoy as their quarterback. And then people saying that Wofford injured Cooper Cup. Like he'd already heard it the week before. He probably shouldn't have been playing this game. Yeah, that's probably true. And the Rams, both these teams have been a disaster. So uh, this result doesn't even really matter, I wouldn't think, in the grand scheme, just because – I don't think either of these teams has a shot at the playoffs unless Colt McCoy is the quarterback for the rest of the year in Arizona, which he won't be. Yeah. Uh, the Packers finally get a win. They beat the Cowboys 31-28, a thriller in overtime, being down 28-14 in the fourth, spoiling McCarthy's return to Lambeau. And, uh, you know, it's nice to win a game. That's really my uh, overall thoughts. It's been a while. Uh, it's been since October against the Patriots. So 
I tweeted you during this game just wishing that your quarterback would throw to his tight end some more. Yeah, I don't think they've really used Tanyan very much in the offense this season. I mean, over like relative, like usually when the LaFleur offense is going well, they're using tight ends in certain spots and they haven't really used them that much. I think the one game that comes to mind is the Washington game where he had like nine receptions. But other than that, it hasn't been much. And uh, this and was a one, Christian Watson game. One catch, eight yards. I might have been on two targets. Yeah, not great. Uh, Sunday Night Football, you had the Niners beat the Chargers 22-20. to Niners shut out Chargers in the second half to come back and win. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, Chargers just – I don't know what's going on. We thought they could run away with that division at the beginning of the year or at least be in the top two and – I just don't think that Staley is a good coach. I mean, yeah, they've had defensive injuries. Staley is not a good coach, in my opinion, and they lack the ability to close games. Uh, the Niners are just a team you never want to bet against. I don't know. And them getting McCaffrey and Garoppolo being the starter has definitely helped that team. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, then Monday Night Football, you had the Commanders beat the Eagles 32-21. Heineke is a winner, apparently. I mean, they've won games with him. They couldn't win with Carson Wentz. I thought the clear decision at the beginning of the season was to just roll with Heineke, but they decided to bring Wentz in, and, I mean, they Wentz, win again. And he's supposed to be coming back this week. Don't know which way they're going to roll with. And there's no way you could start wins. Rivera said that that game, that how Heineke played in this game would determine it. Yeah, Heineke didn't throw a touchdown, but. They won the game and they beat the Eagles, which the Eagles had kind of a, uh, kind of a target on their back, obviously being undefeated. So they were going to lose at some point and it was probably going to be an unexpected one. And that's what this is. Uh, one thing I had from this, from the NFL was Mike Mayock's first round picks. Uh, Henry Ruggs, released, arrested. Damon Arnett, released, arrested. Jonathan Abram, released. Alex Leatherwood, released. Most sacks by any rookie. Cullen Farrell, big disappointment. Josh Jacobs, best overall pick. Yeah, it was a disaster for a while. It and still Jonathan is. Jonathan Abram went where? Green Bay. Or he's a special teams guy, pretty much. Oh, he's not playing with Adrian Amos? No, they had uh, Rudy Ford back there last week. Oh, I guess well, he's signed late in the week and everything. Yeah. Plus, Rudy Ford has certainly played his way into the rotation, had uh, two picks of Dak in that game. So, um, But then, right. does, does Amos and Abrams play the same position as well? Uh, I don't know. I feel like Abram would be able to play either, given the fact that he's pretty much just scrapping for – but those two both come in the league with the same mentality. Like they could play their thing in their heart. They were hard hitters. Yeah. Which is not what Darnell Savage is at all. So that's the difference. Golf. Oh, uh, yeah. So two weeks ago, you had the Worldwide Technology Championship. Winner was Russell Henley, won 1.5 million, shot 23 under. Last week was the Cadence Bank Houston Open. Winner was Tony Finau, won 1.5 million, shot 16 under. This weekend, the RSM Classic, defending champion Taylor Gooch at Sea Island Resort, Seaside Course, and Plantation Course in St. Simmons Islands, Georgia. 
All right, uh, let's go to college basketball. Oh, golf two, you have the match with Rory and Tiger versus JT and Spieth. Uh, I did see there was something saying they wish there was an undercard to some of these matches. Maybe I think so, that would be cool. There was like maybe get some LPGA players involved or get Tom Kim on with some other young international studs. Use this platform to grow the sport. Yeah, I think that could be a good idea. Um, we'll see if they ever do it. I mean, this is another 12 hole match, so we'll see how it goes. I don't love the fact that it's 12 holes. I mean, I don't really see the overall point of it being that, but whatever, we'll roll with it. I think Rory's going to win it himself, but you know, maybe carry Tiger. You got Rory and Tiger, and then you got the best buds in JT and. Yeah, who were great at the President's Cup. So, yeah. Uh, College Hoops, Bob Huggins says that Gonzaga would face an awakening in the Big 12, which I wrote, I don't buy that because I think Gonzaga is right now, and I know it's a grind every night. They would face an awakening of, yeah, this is different. I don't think they would face an awakening of, oh, we finished seventh in the Big 12. They are, as currently constructed every year, preseason polls in the Big 12 would have them second or third, maybe even first every year. The only awakening thing would be them having to travel from the West Coast to the East Coast for games. Yeah, I don't think that they would face an awakening of like – I mean, there's also like environments too on the road. The Big 12 is different than the West Coast Conference, but I don't think it changes the fact that Gonzaga is one of the most talented teams because we just act like – a lot of people still act like they're just – a really good mid-major school that dominates, you know, they get the five-star talent now, and they've had. It's not, it's not like it was when, uh, more at like Adam Morrison was there. Yeah, it's a long time from that. So, I don't know. We'll see. They might end up in the Big Twelve. It seems like a very real possibility right now. Um, the ACC dot 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 Louisville is zero three with losses to Bellarmine, Wright State, and App State. Florida State is 0-3 with losses to Stetson, UCF, and Troy. Florida State injuries, definitely a factor. Uh, Also, the suspension to one of their best freshmen as well. And then Louisville is just a bad basketball team. So, something to keep an eye on the ACC. Also, Syracuse giving up 100 points to Colgate and losing last night. I think the ACC is kind of like a – I don't think it's going to be the same situation as last year where everyone said they were terrible and then they ended up having a big tournament. I just think they're mostly terrible, and it's North Carolina, it's Duke, it's Virginia, and then a bunch of teams that I don't trust. Yeah, I feel like Syracuse, I feel like, can lose to anybody, like any even mid-major team on any night because of zone. You get a mid-major team who has a bunch of shooters. They Anybody can outshoot that zone. Yeah. Syracuse is also just a bad roster this year. Like, they're not good at all. Um, I think everybody knew this would probably end up being the case. And uh, it's clearly been that because getting beat up by Colgate, like, that's pretty embarrassing. Oh, I see you added this one thing in here for me to read about the last night's game. Gonzaga holds off Michigan State on the USS 8 Perham Lincoln flight deck, 64-63. Michigan State – beat Kentucky in double overtime. I thought it was triple overtime in the Champions Classic last night. I believe it was double. Uh, Kansas beat Duke in a comeback 
I don't know if it was really much of a comeback, though. Well, they, were they, were, they were up early, up at half. Or Duke battled back, took the lead. Kansas made two clutch buckets at the end of the game. Uh, and then Wisconsin defeats Stanford at the Brewers Field, American Family Field, 60-50. to 50. I think I think if you're a Duke fan, you got to be encouraged by last night. You don't have Whitehead out there. The length, obviously, for Duke is going to be a problem for everybody. Uh, I think this Duke team could be better than last season by February. And Niley's still not really 100%. Yeah, and Filipowski looks really good. Uh, Roach is another year there, so veteran. And then, obviously, you got some – some players from the Big Ten that are depth guys. I don't think Ryan Young is going to be starting within the next month. But then you got Jacob Grandison as well, who didn't really do anything last night. But uh, deep team, encouraging signs like they beat up on Jacksonville, who I thought was a decent mid-major team that could at least put up some sort of fight, but that didn't happen. And then last night, you know, they could have won that game. Yeah, shot selection. Uh, top 25. Uh, number one, North Carolina, two, Gonzaga, three, Houston, four, Kentucky, up one to number five is Baylor. You have Kansas dropping one to six. You have Duke seven, UCLA eight, Arkansas up one to nine. Creighton drops one to ten. Uh, Texas up one to 11. Indiana up one to 12. Auburn up two to 13. Arizona up three to 14. TCU drops one to 15. You have Virginia up two to 16. San Diego State up two to 17. Um, you have Alabama up two to 18, Illinois up four to 19, and Michigan up two to 20. Uh, Dayton up three to 21, Tennessee down 11 to 22, Texas Tech up two to 23, Texas AM unranked, and UConn not ranked at 25. All right, let's go over to Major League Baseball, where the World Series is over since the last time we did this. Yeah, Verlander got his first World Series win in a pivotal game five. Uh, Syndergaard only throws three innings in game five for the Phillies, 44 pitches, two earned, three hits. Yeah, questionable poll. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, but I'll also say, like, Syndergaard, you know, at this point, I don't think he's like a 200 innings guy, hurt all the time. You know, Dusty Baker becomes the oldest manager to win World Series at 73 years old. And the World Series is over. The Astros win it 4-2 to two in six games. And the player of the World Series, uh, short, I picked shortstop Jeremy Pena, 10 for 25, two runs, two home runs, six RBIs, one walk, World Series MVP, third rookie to do so, first rookie shortstop to hit a homer in the World Series. Yeah, that's my pick as well. I mean, he's the World Series MVP. Kind of, you know, has to feel great if you're the Astros that you let Correa walk and the guy you replace him with does this. That works. I mean, that uh, that's big time for the Astros. But don't tell that to their GM because he got fired. But anyway. Yeah, and then I mean, baseball things, you had some finalists, which you'll be able to tell me who won them. Uh, MVP, American League, was Judge Otani and Alvarez. Which – I believe they're announcing that tomorrow, but it's going to be Judge Shocker, by the way. National League Machado, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Announced tomorrow, shocking, it's going to be Goldschmidt. 
Cy Young, Cease, Verlander, Manoa. That will be announced in about uh, maybe right now. Let me check. I mean, they're supposed to be announced tonight, so you could just say the NL if you want. Uh, Alcantara, Freed, Urias. Okay, I don't believe they've announced them yet, but the general consensus is uh, Verlander in the AL and then Alcantara in the NL. Which I believe, I think C's had a better season. I think C's probably ended slowly to where Verlander kind of took over. Uh, rookie of the year was Rodriguez, Rushman, and Quan. And it was Strider, Harris, and Donovan. Winners, uh, Rodriguez in the AL and Harris in the NL. Manager of the year, Hyde, Cervez, Francona. Francona? Showalter, Roberts, Snicker. Showalter. So there you go. Uh, get this. Some Aaron Judge senior stats. Football, he had 54 catches, 969 yards, 17 touchdowns. Baseball, he hit for 500, had seven home runs, 32 RBIs. Basketball, 18.2 points per game, 12.8 rebounds. All state. It's not surprising. Given surprising that he made all state with those numbers in California. That's true. Uh, most teams with uh, MVPs, Yankees and Cardinals are up top of that. Yankees have 20, Cardinals have 17. Uh, Goldie and Arenado both got silver sluggers. Arenado won a six, he's now a six time platinum glove winner. Uh, top free agents in each position catcher, you got Contreras, Vasquez, and Sanchez. First base, you had Rizzo, Abreu, and Bell. Rizzo signed a big deal back with the Yankees. Second base, Segura, Hernandez, Frazier, second base. Shortstop, Correa, Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. Third base, Turner, Drury, Peterson. DH, Martinez, Cruz, Matt Carpenter. Left field, Benny, Brantley, Profar. Center, Nemo, Kermeyer, Duval, right field judge, Conforto, Myers. Starting pitchers, DeGrom, Verlander, Rodon, Kershaw, Bassett. Relief pitchers, Jansen, Robertson, Montero, Atavino, and Smith. All right. Let's go to the highest war by shortstops over the last three years. Who do you think has got the highest war? Three years. Uh, Trey Turner. He's in second at 14.2. Correa at 14.3. Bogarts 12.2. Willie Adams 10.5. Bo Bichette 10.5. Dansby Swanson 10.4. I was on the right track. And then the last thing I had was the Yankees record in 2022 with Joey Gallo in the lineup. 70 and 34. Without him, 29 and 29. Interesting. All right. You ready to move to the NHL? Yes. And here we go. Uh, the Devils, they've won 10 games in a row. They're now 13-3-0, second in the league. Uh, bad start for them. They, they were chanting they to fire. Oh, I'll get to that. Uh, chanting to fire Lindy Ruff, the head coach. And now they're 13-3, and so he's not going anywhere. 
Uh, NHL stat leaders through November, that should say November 6th, uh, 15th. Um, point leader is Connor McDavid with 32. Goals leader is Connor McDavid with 15. Assist leader is Nathan McKinnon with 20. Goaltending, you have a wins leader is still Linus Linus Olmark, the Bruins at 11. And he also leads in save percentage at 936. And as you alluded to a moment ago, the Bruins are the team points leader with 28, 14-2-0. Unfortunately, they will soon slow down and not win a Stanley Cup, but that's all right. They're, they're doing well now. So there you go. Uh, college football playoff rankings. Uh, number one, Georgia. Two, Ohio State. Three, Michigan. Four, TCU. Five, Tennessee. No movement in the top five. Uh, you had a lot of movement outside of that, though. You had LSU up one to six. USC up one to seven. Alabama eight. Clemson nine. Both of those teams up one. And Utah up three to ten. Yeah, Penn State up three to eleven. Oregon down six to twelve. North Carolina up two to thirteen. Ole Miss down three to fourteen. Kansas State up four to fifteen. UCLA down four to sixteen. Washington up eight to seventeen. Notre Dame up two to eighteen. Florida State up four to nineteen. And UCF up two to twenty. Uh, Tulane down four to twenty-one. OK State. Uh, not ranked at 22, Oregon State not ranked at 23, NC State drops 8 to 24, and Cincinnati rounds out the top 25 with being not ranked. All right, let's get over to the picks. It's been a couple weeks. We have college basketball incorporated now, no golf picks this week. Uh, so let's start with the NBA for tonight since we don't have much time. To get those out, you got the Pelicans minus one and a half over the Bulls, and the Nuggets minus three over the Nets. So I'm just going to go what I wrote down, and I wrote down the Bulls plus two at the Pelicans. So if you want me to change it to one and a half, I can. But either way, I like the Bulls as the dog. Um, and then I have the Nuggets minus three against the Knicks. So, all right, NHL. <laughs> NHL. Uh, Lightning minus one twenty five over the Flames. And Islanders plus 100 over the Predators. I'm taking the Avalanche plus 100 at the Canes and the Devils to keep it rolling plus 120 at the Leafs. And now let's uh, let's do college hoops. Uh, for Thursday, I have both games out of the M or A10: Richmond over Wichita State and Loyola Chicago over Tulsa. I'm going uh, Towson over UNC Greensboro and then St. John's over Nebraska. Friday I have Indiana over Xavier and Florida over Florida State. I'm picking both main event Vegas games. I'm taking Baylor over Virginia. I'm taking UCLA over Illinois. Saturday I have Dayton over Robert Morris. And out of the Mountain West I have New Mexico over New Mexico State. I'm taking St. Louis over Maryland, and I'm taking Mercer over Winthrop. All right. Let's do college football, week 12. ACC, I have Duke plus 7.5 over Pitt. I have Clemson minus 19 against Miami. Ooh. Uh, Big 12, Oklahoma State plus 7.5 over Oklahoma. Big 12, lock of the week. Everybody loves TCU right now. Trap game central. They beat Texas last week. Gritty effort. Shut down a good Texas offense. 
Everyone's going to be stunned when Baylor gets it done, plus two and a half against TCU. I thought when I looked at that that Baylor was the favorite. Yeah, I, that's a low number, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, Big Ten, I have Minnesota minus two and a half over Iowa. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to win, but I'm going to say they won't cover. I'll take Maryland plus 27 and a half. Pac-12, Oregon State minus eight over Arizona State. I'm going to take Stanford plus four and a half at Cal. Uh, SEC, Ole Miss minus two and a half over Arkansas. That is what I'm taking as well. Arkansas started the year out hot and then has just dropped. Our three primetime games, you got Illinois at number three, Michigan. Michigan minus 18. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Illinois to uh, keep it close. Why not? I don't know. I mean, they've been terrible, so you figure they'd figure it out this week a little bit, maybe lose by 14. I'm going to take Michigan. It's probably a safe pick. Uh, you got number 10, Utah, at number 12, Oregon. Oregon minus three. I would like Oregon to prove to me that they can beat Utah because I'm going to pick Utah regardless um, until it happens. So Utah, I'll take that. I'm going to take Oregon. And then lastly, number seven, USC versus number 10, UCLA, or 16, UCLA, USC minus two and a half. I'll take uh, the Trojans minus two and a half. I mean, UCLA was terrible last week. That's such a bad loss. I'm also taking USC. And USC is the last chance for the for the Pac-12. So. And in our college football, shout out to the people of Virginia. Yeah. Terrible, tragic event. Uh, thoughts with them for sure. Um, okay. The NFL Week 11. There we Thursday, go. Thursday night football. Titans at Packers. Packers three and a half point favorite. I wish – the NFL would let me enjoy a victory that I haven't seen in over a month for more than three days. But uh, I think the Packers win again. I think they figured something out. I think they're, it's going to be really cold there, bad weather. I like that. I'll take the Packers minus three and a half. I think the Packers win, but I'm taking the Titans plus the three and a half. I think it's going to be a field goal game. Well, last time – Last time the Titans went into Lambeau in December, that was in December, Sunday night, Packers beat them 40-14. to 14. I don't know if it's going to be the same result because it's definitely not because Devontae Adams had like 180 yards in that game and it was snowing. But I don't know. I like the chances here. Who knows? Uh, my five Sunday games, I got the Giants minus three over the Lions, Commanders minus three and a half over the Texans, Eagles minus seven over the Colts, Vikings plus one and a half over the Cowboys. Bengals minus four over the Steelers. I'm taking the Bears plus three and a half at the Falcons. The Patriots minus three against the Jets. Cowboys minus one and a half at the Vikings. Bengals minus four at the Steelers. And the Colts plus six and a half against the Eagles. You better make that seven. I gave you the other half. You're going to lose that half. All right. I better do that. Uh, Sunday night football. Chiefs at Chargers. Chiefs. Are a six-point favorite. Yep. Uh, Chargers are not winning that. I'll take the Chiefs. High-scoring affair. Let's see. Uh, Monday Night Football, 49ers at Cardinals. Niners minus eight. I don't pick against the Niners unless I'm forced to, so I'll take the Niners. 
I'm going to take the Cardinals to somewhat keep it close. I can see that happening. I mean, at least the Cardinals have a pass rush, and Jimmy G is not really much of a mover. True. That is true. All right, that'll do it for us. We'll see you next week for number 86. Cover a lot of the same stuff next week, notes and such, getting closer and closer to bowl games for college football, so we'll keep posted on that and uh, other things in the sports world. We'll see you next week for number 86.